Get to Old Navy now for February's biggest style steal. 40% off all jeans and tees. Jeans start at just 18 bucks for adults, 12 bucks for kids. With tees from just 7 bucks for adults, 6 bucks for kids. All jeans and tees are on sale, even your favorite rock star jeans. All jeans and all tees are 40% off right now. Don't miss out. Run into Old Navy and OldNavy.com today. Valid 211 to 221 excludes in-store clearance jeans and tees. Active licensed and men's package tees. Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Silted Ice Podcast, powered by Forever Blue Shirts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tilted Ice Podcast, powered by Forever Blue Shirts. I'm Russell Hartman, and joining me today are Zach Chigger and John Luke Shapiro. I'm going to bring them in right now. Hey, guys, how's it going? Thanks for joining me today. What's going on, Russ? What's going on, man? John Luke, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Hello, hello, hello. It's it's the afternoon, and I feel like I just woke up. <laughs> I did the same, man. I did the same. <laughs> and before we really get into it today, shout out to Marvel Studios. Please go see Avengers Infinity War. It was insane. So, first order of business today. First round of the playoffs is over. Second round started last night. And the first round wasn't that crazy this year. You know, we had a bunch of kind of teams that proved they were dominant, and we only had one game seven. No real surprises, except I'm a little upset that Boston beat Toronto because our pick would have been a little bit higher if the Bruins had lost to the Maple Leafs in game seven. But other than that, everything kind of went as expected. Uh, John Luke, first time being on the show in a while, so we'll start with you. Uh, what you, what'd you think of the first round this year? Honestly, I uh, I thought it was a little un- underwhelming, to be honest. I mean, it was exciting still. I mean, I like seeing uh, teams just get absolutely obliterated. Like, I liked seeing the uh, Golden Knights just absolutely uh, run amok on the Kings. Uh, and just seeing the Ducks just get absolutely dismantled by the Sharks. But, I mean, I, I would have expected more. I mean, easily my favorite series was the Maple Leafs-Bruins series. I know a lot of Toronto Maple Leafs fans, and it's kind of fun kind of rubbing it in a little bit. I mean, it's really not fair for me to do it because, you know, Ranger fans are not in the playoffs. But I, I thought it was, you know, a little underwhelming, but hopefully the second round can give us a little more, you know, pep, I guess. Definitely. Zach, what do you think, man? What do you think of the first round? I mean, besides Vegas doing what they did, which nobody saw coming, what are your thoughts? Um. Well, I mean, first off, you and I only disagreed on the Washington Columbus series, so uh, so you got that right, I got that wrong, unfortunately. But uh, look, it was the great, the first, the pl- NHL playoffs are always great. The first round kind of went as expected, although I don't think anyone had Vegas not only beating the Kings but sweeping them so easily. Um, but you know, it just goes to show that. If you take Vegas lightly, they will uh, pummel you, uh, which they've done all year. Uh, but as for the rest of the uh, the opening round, it, it was pretty much according to uh, to plan, so to speak. There wasn't uh, there weren't any upsets. There weren't any um, you know shocking results. A couple overtime games here and there, but it was it was kind of like a uh, Almost like you could have predict. I mean, we predicted, but you could have pretty much guessed that this would have been the second round coming into the playoffs. Oh yeah, I definitely think so too. I mean, the Capitals give them all the credit in the world for doing what they did against the Jackets, basically winning four straight after being down two zero. Um, but other than that, I, everyone kind of knew who was going on, and now we got the second round. And the matchups, we got the Golden Knights against the Sharks. Game one was last night. The Golden Knights blew out the Sharks last night. They scored a touchdown on the Sharks, 7-0. Um, then we got 
Capitals and Penguins, which Capitals were leading the entire game last night, and the Penguins got three lucky goals in the span of five minutes and took, that, and took game one, three to two. And then we got the Tampa Bay Lightning and Boston Bruins, and then finally the series that I am most excited for, and hockey fans in general I think are most excited for, is Nashville and Winnipeg, because that is going to be some insane hockey. Oh, so, yeah. I think to start, I'm going to say Nashville in seven. I'm going to say the San Jose Sharks in six, because I still think that that team is going to come together and beat the Vegas Golden Knights and end this this magical run. I'm going to say the Tampa Bay Lightning in seven, and I'm going to say the Washington Capitals, as as painful as last night was for them, I'm going to say the Washington Capitals do it in seven, and I'm going to say we see three game sevens in the first in the second round of the playoffs this year. So, JL, yeah. what do you think, man? What are your predictions? Uh, I, like I said earlier, I think the uh, the second round is going to be a lot more uh, it's going to be a lot more exciting. Uh, I think Nashville and Winnipeg that's going to go the distance. Those te- those two teams are just going to beat each other up. I think Winnipeg definitely has a really solid team this year compared to the last time I remember them being in the playoffs. And I think they're going to give Nashville a run for their money. So I think they're going to go seven, and I think Nashville's going to edge them out. I want Winnipeg to win, but I think Nashville's going to end up pulling this out due to the experience and the fact that they've been there before. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights and the San Jose Sharks, uh, mm, I, after I saw what I saw yesterday, I know you can't really count any team out, but I just think Vegas is just too good. I was amazed at how good they are. I mean, it, you know, you see them play the first couple of months of the season. You think, ah, it's just going to be some kind of, you know, roller coaster ride. They'll end up falling apart. But no, they're lethal and they are insane. So I think Vegas takes it in five or six against mm-hmm. Santa, San Jose. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty bold prediction. But I mean, yeah. I, mean <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, kick the Sharks while they're down. But I mean, I just, I was just not impressed yesterday but then again you never know but that's just my prediction uh feel free to uh feel free to hit me in the head with a club if i'm wrong um tampa bay and boston um this one i'm kind of torn on because as much as i know ranger fans want to see tampa bay win it really pains me just to see those other ranger players do well in another team i'm a little selfish i apologize but then again it is boston <laughs> so I I think Tampa Bay is going to take this one in six, but this one also has the potential to go seven as well. But Tampa will take that one in six. And uh, Pittsburgh and Washington, uh, I'm going to have to disagree with you, Russ, and I'm going to think Pittsburgh is going to take it again because there's just something oh, about Crosby and the Penguins that they just end up winning somehow. Like yesterday, you saw the game yesterday. They were, they were yeah. down. They were down 2-1. They tied the game 2-2, and then Washington just decides, here you go, take the game. We don't want it. We don't want to win. Let's choke in front of our home fans. Sure. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, I, think, I think Pittsburgh will take it at either 6 or 7. I just don't think the Capitals have it in them anymore. So, so my predictions. I like it. Zach, what do you think, buddy? Um, I kind of agree with JL here. Um, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is just too uh, deep to uh for the penguins i'm sorry for the uh capitals um washington definitely has talent up front but they don't um work as well together with their bottom six as uh the penguins do in my opinion uh tampa and boston i feel is going seven uh boston i believe swept the season series though i could be wrong there uh, in the regular season, but Tampa um, been been in this situation far too many times in recent years. They have the same core group of guys. Add in McDonough and J.T. Miller, who have been playing in uh, this situation the last few years themselves. And you have a really a really deep team, a really experienced team, um, and a team that knows how to win. Um, in terms of the West. Uh, Vegas, I I think Vegas goes through. Um, their their Cinderella season will continue. Um, the Sharks, I mean, you can't really forget last night, but 
you know, a seven nothing drubbing after neither team has played in over, in almost uh, two weeks um, is 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 kind of uh, you you could say it's rust, but I you know rust rust is losing three nothing and being outplayed. Losing seven nothing to me seems like it's a whole other level. So we'll see, but I, I do think Vegas comes out. I, I, I'll say six games. Um, I think the Sharks will win one in Vegas, and I think they'll win one at home. But uh, I see Vegas is playing too well right now. Gerard Gallant has his team going. And if there was ever, uh, you know, we're not at the awards uh, just yet, the NHL awards just yet, but if there was ever a year where there's a clear favorite for the Jack Adams trophy, it is uh, Gerard Gallant with uh, Vegas. And finally, um, Nashville and Winnipeg will go the distance. These teams hate each other. That's the one good thing about this new playoff format uh, is that you get the rivalries in every series pretty much uh, and in every round. Uh, Nashville and Winnipeg, they've already started the Twitter wars. Uh, so this will be a fun one. This is going seven. I think Nashville comes out again. Uh, the playoff experience, they've had the same group. They've got guys who have won before. Uh, this is Winnipeg's first time in the second round in this iteration of the franchise. So uh, we will see. It will be a good one, but it, it'll be Nashville coming out on top. Yeah, I just I love I love the Winnipeg Jets. I think I think they're a fantastic offensive team. They got the firepower. They got everything. But I just think Nashville, the experience is going to win out, and their defense is ultimately going to be the reason they went out in the end. And also, fun fact for those people that don't know. Before playoff games, Nashville usually has a car out in front of Bridgestone Arena where people can take a sledgehammer and beat up the car with the other team's logo on it. For Winnipeg, they literally have a small plane sitting outside of Bridgestone Arena with all the Jets logos on it that people can take sledgehammers to and beat up before playoff games. It's it's, it's Jets, really something to see down there. For us, the Jets logo, and they put on the Atlanta Thrashers logo. Exactly. Get them both. Get, oh, get them now fantastic. and get them for the franchise that they used to be. So it's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> I know. I think. I think that's absolutely great. I think. I think Nashville. Those fans and and I like just just think for a moment. Those two fan bases, the Winnipeg Whiteout and these Predators fans who go crazy with everything that happens at the game. Oh my God, the fan chants are going to be off the hook this series too. You know, one of the things that one one of the things that I you know a lot of people talk about, and I'll be quick with this. Uh, everyone gets on Batman about expanding into the South, you know, with, with teams like Phoenix and previously Atlanta and Carolina and and all that. But one of the things that people really don't talk about is how well hockey has been able to uh, be embraced by the the city of Nashville and and uh, the 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 people down there. I think they I think that just somehow turned into something else over the last couple of years. And I think that is becoming a real strong hockey city and the fans have really taken them in. So seeing the Predators do well and seeing all of this uh, uh, fanfare that's coming in with the team over the last couple of years, I mean, you got to give credit to Bettman for putting them down there. I mean, they, they're doing a really good job over there. The team is solid. David Poyle has done a fantastic job. And I think that is a blueprint that I think the Rangers should follow when it comes to uh, fixing their team up for uh, the next couple of years. Yeah. And uh, if anyone would like to hear more about that, I actually wrote an article about that a few weeks ago about why the Rangers should follow Nashville's path to success in the NHL uh, through the draft and see what goes on there. But before we get to the draft and the draft lottery, there's one very important thing we need to discuss here, and I, I would and I, I would love to discuss it with these two because it's been a pretty hot topic of conversation recently about the comments that the the owner of the New York Rangers made recently, Mr. James Dolan, and most times he's very hands off with the Rangers except for his one command of make the playoffs and make me more money, but it appears that the man has decided to actually listen to reason. And basically what he said, if you haven't read the recent comments, was that the Rangers need a coach who's going to develop young talent, a guy who needs to really know how to work with the kids, a guy who knows the analytics, a guy who is new, a guy who's progressive, a guy that is going to take this team to the next era. And basically said that Elaine Vigneault is not 
a good coach for this team going forward because he is a more veteran-oriented coach, which I think a lot of people saw with the short leash that he was giving some of the young guys. And basically saying as well that they have targeted a few select players that they know that could game, break games open. Uh, <clears throat> John Tavares. <clears throat> oh, man. Sorry, guys. I was there for a <laughs> but, um, you know, we'll see what happens over the next few weeks. But uh, I think Dolan's comments were a breath of fresh air from the usual that we get from Upper Rangers Monument, saying that the Rangers, you know, they're really ready to put all their chips into this rebuild. So, Zach, we'll start with you on this one. What did you think? And did you think it was out of the norm just to hear Dolan kind of speak in some sense? So I, I have a couple thoughts on Dolan, and uh, i got to leave after this. But my, my feeling with Dolan is this. I always get nervous when he speaks. Um, I mean, I'm not really much of a basketball fan, but I, I do consider myself a Knicks fan. Um, and seeing how hands-on he is, um, with the basketball team kind of worries me that, you know, they have not had any near a run of success that the Rangers have had um, and that he's going to want to get more involved with the Rangers. Um, so that, that really worries me. Um, but look, what, if you take what he said at face value, what he's done makes a lot of sense. The team is, is rebuilding. The team needs a coach who will be able to, um, mold talent uh, and, a, and a guy who's going to be able to um, who understands how to coach in the new style of hockey uh, fast paced speed and skill uh, as opposed to um, a game that emphasizes winning puck battles in the corners and, uh, and grinding, grinding games out and, and making the big hit um, which is which are all hallmarks of Daryl Sutter uh, in his game, which is why you haven't really heard his name coming up in a lot of the uh, conversation about next Rangers head coach. But in my my biggest concern with Dolan is if he's making sense, something is wrong, right? Because we <laughs> we as as fan as fans of the Rangers and Knicks, you know when 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 James Dolan who is vilified by pretty much every sports fan in New York since he he took over Madison Square Garden. Um, if he's making sense and people are agreeing with him, it's a, it, it just it, it rubs me the wrong way. There, there's too much history um, of him getting involved and things, you know, crumbling into a million pieces. So while I agree with his statements, I kind of want him to, you know, fade to black right now. Kind of just go go back into his into his little perch, work working uh, working on his next album with his band, and uh, kind of staying the heck away from, <laughs> kind of staying the heck away from from uh, from Jeff Gordon and and Glenn Sather and whoever else is in management. The only other thing I'll say, and then and then I have to, uh, you know, pretend to get back to work, is um, <laughs> is you know. The the Rangers are are really in in a in a in a unique spot now, a spot that you know they haven't been in even even when they had their um, eight seasons of missing the playoffs in the late nineties and early two thousands they never they never really shut it down and went from scratch they always try to find that missing piece because uh, they they had a goaltender they had Mike Richter for a couple of years. Then it was Dan Blackburn, and then it was um, – uh, my memory is f- fading from when I was 10 or 11 years old. But, uh, but you know, they, they never really shut it down and, and built from the ground up. And this is, this is something that fans should be excited about. It's something that we at Forever Blue Shirts are going to be uh, itching at every opportunity to cover – uh, we've got some stuff coming up. Russ actually just uh, had his piece go live on the top 10 Rangers prospects. Uh, there's already been some pushback on that, some guys who are missing. Um, Russ, you have some uh, haters to respond to. Oh, but, don't uh, I always. You know, don't I always. We, we will 
we will see what happens over the next couple of days. The lottery is tomorrow night. Um, and uh, that's pretty much it. So if Dolan goes back into his cave, I think the Rangers are in a much better spot. Uh, but the next few months of uh, hockey should be a lot of fun. So, JL, what do you think, man, with James Dolan? Typically not the most trustworthy owner, but with these recent comments, sounded like he's making some sense, man. What do you think? Well, I, I have a lot. Uh, when it comes to New York sports owners, I'm very, uh, let's just say I'm not exactly the kindest person when it comes to trying to mince my words. Uh, now, you, you look at you look at a guy like James Dolan, and then you compare him to a guy, let's say, I don't know, Fred Wilpon. Okay, now I have a lot of thoughts about Fred Wilpon that I won't get into at this point. But the only thing that I'll say about Fred Wilpon is that he's meddled a lot into the affairs of the New York Mets, and it's actually hurt the Mets throughout the years. When it comes to James Dolan, like Zach said, you know we've seen him uh, put his two cents in with the the Knicks and whatnot. Now my thing is this. I it's a little concerning. First off, I mean we all kind of know what these sports owners like to do, especially if they start to see that they want to put their uh, two cents on onto their team, depending on how active they are. Um, I've seen what he, I'm not a basketball fan by any means whatsoever, but I am aware of what goes on because you know you really can't avoid anything basketball here in the New York City area, and you've mm-hmm. seen what he's done. You've seen what he's done with the Knicks, and it it just really it it blows your mind how bad that team has been but when it comes to the rangers over the years like you know everyone said he's been kind of hush and hopefully these comments that he said which by all means are absolutely correct i think and one of the one of the things that he says is um we had a coach who was going to be able to coordinate with the assistants and the training staff and put a program in place He's going to have to be able to delegate authority in identifying deficiencies and fixing them. Scolding a player doesn't fix the problem. He can't try to do everything by himself. The job is just too big. I, I personally think that's a dig at Elaine Vigneault at the way they treated Lundqvist, and he's absolutely correct on that. They, they need a coach who's going to be able to work with the young guys, who's going to be able to talk to the players, because Vigneault apparently allegedly didn't talk to his players. You know, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Dolan, if this is the if this is the extent of what he is involved in, I mean, I'm sure he's involved in more, but if this is the extent of what he's involved in and he, and he lets uh, Sather uh, and, and company and, and Gordon do their job and maybe kind of give him suggestions, sure, why not? Obviously, he can't give more money because there's a salary cap. It's not baseball where, you know, he can just write a blank check, but uh, – I think if this is the extent that Dolan is is going to provide, then fine, because it's always good to see an owner actually acknowledge that the team needs to get better instead of it being blind like the Mets. Um, oh, yes. But if, it, if, <laughs> if Dolan decides to start meddling his affairs into the team, then we have a problem. I don't think Dolan knows much about hockey. I I'm going off with the assumption that he kind of inherited all of this, I think, from his father, if I'm correct. Um, and I just kind of think he is just – he knows more about the basketball aspect, and, you know, he seems to be more involved in that. It's a more popular product. You know, obviously it's unfortunate to say that, but you know, obviously basketball is a lot more popular than hockey. So I think he's a little more involved on that because that's his moneymaker, his big moneymaker. Yeah. So when it comes to the Rangers, I am – it, it, it's kind of like it's nice to see him say these things, but also it's also kind of obvious. You know, I'm just I'm in the fence on it because when owners kind of step up and they start to say things, you know, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And then, you know, you know, it, let's just say things don't go well, then there's going to be news reports that uh, that Gordon and, and say they are trying to get a deal done. And Gordon said, uh, not Gordon, uh, Dolan said no, or Dor- uh, Dolan decides to put his uh, his uh, thing into it, and, and, and it falls through. And I'll give a quick example of uh, something that happened recently, but it doesn't involve the, the Rangers, it involves the Mets. There was a trade that the Mets were going to make in the offseason for uh, Cleveland Indians second baseman Jason Kipnis. They were going to get the deal done. It was through. Then all of a sudden, Fred Wilpon and Jeff Wilpon come in and say no because they didn't have the money apparently. So 
I'm afraid that something like that could happen. But being that is that Dolan, I'm sure, doesn't know much about hockey, and he would and rather record albums. Literally, Dolan's pockets are literally bottomless, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, being that there's limitations uh, to the salary cap and that I think he lets them do their job, uh, there and uh, Gordon, I think they'll be okay. But you just never know. It, it, it's incredibly yeah. confusing, and I feel like I'm talking in a circle. But you know, it, it's <laughs> you know, it's good to see them knowledge it. But then again, you never really know with these guys. Yeah, and it's definitely an interesting time, and it will be going forward. And you know, as an as a Met fan, I can attest to that with the with the with the wool ponds because you know, those mm-hmm. two men. No, no Met fan is really a fan <laughs> of what those two have done, so I completely get it. Um, Absolutely not. But, you know, we'll see if, yeah, I agree with you. If he lets, you know, if Dolan lets Gordon and company do their job and just kind of guides them a little bit and says, this is what I want to happen, then fine. Yeah, I'm cool with it because what he said is absolutely correct. And, you know, I also like that he mentioned that nobody is off the table, meaning even guys like guys that haven't coached in the league, like David Quinn from Boston University, Jim Montgomery from Denver, guys like that who have really great track records. But, you know, they just they don't have they don't have the pedigree in the league. And I wrote up an article about this recently where I mentioned two guys who didn't coach in the NHL. John Cooper and Jared Bednar are looked at as two of the best coaches in the league right now. John mm-hmm. Cooper is a, That's right. at every single level he's coached at. Um, mm-hmm. Always won titles. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, they're, they're, they've been amazing since Cooper took over behind the bench. Uh, and Jared mm-hmm. Bednar had the best turnaround of any coach in a second season. 47 Absolutely. points. Absolutely. Yeah. 47 points, better than they did the previous season for the Colorado Avalanche. So it's definitely possible to go from a minor or junior team to the NHL. College is mm-hmm. a little different. There have only been three coaches in history that have gotten, made the jump from the NCAA straight to the NHL. Uh, one of them is Bob Johnson, who coached the Pittsburgh Penguins in 1991 to their first Stanley Cup. The other is Dave Haxtell, who is currently coaching the Philadelphia Flyers. And the third one, I believe his name is Ned Harkness, and he coached the Detroit Red Wings. I believe it was in the 1970s, only for one season, though. So it can happen, and especially mm-hmm. with guys like, you know, David Quinn, who I mentioned, and Jim Montgomery, very good track records. And uh, forgive me for forgetting his name, but the guy that coaches oh, Minnesota Duluth, him too, who's apparently been rumored as well, it can definitely happen. So we can, will see. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, can, and 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 real quick on that on that too, uh, we were having a bit of a discussion in uh, in our in our chat uh, regarding coaches and Ricky, uh, contributor to Forever Blue Shirts, who by the way does a phenomenal job with doing the Hartford Wolfpack. Shout out to you, Ricky! Phenomenal job covering the Wolfpack. I I think I've learned more about the Wolfpack uh, <laughs> this uh, last season than I have in all the years that I've quote unquote followed them. So good job, Ricky. Um, we were having a discussion. Cambridge came up, and you know he he just brought him in to uh, help out the Wolfpack, uh, Chris Jury and Jim Schoenfeld. And he, uh, Ricky had mentioned that uh, McCambridge was interested in an assistant coaching position for uh, for the Rangers. And obviously, we're all going off of the assumption that Scott Arneal and and Lindy Ruff aren't going to be here next season because you know those are two of uh, especially Arneal were two of Vigneault's. Um, like, uh, 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 there's a word I'm looking for, but I can't find it. Uh, two, two of his assailants, pretty much. I, I'm drawing a blank here. But, and, and, and I was thinking to myself, I said, why not just give him the job? It, it's, it's, a, it's a thought to think about because mm-hmm. if you really oh, look at it, yeah. if you look at the way uh, Leah Sanderson and Philip Heal developed in Hartford. Now, I granted it's only been a season, but if they're really committed in trying to get these young guys going. I don't see why it would. I don't see why they wouldn't want to uh, take a look at him. Like I'm reading here, uh, I asked him about it. I said, "Where did you see that he was interested in assistant position?" And, and Ricky says that he seems interested in throwing his hat in the ring. And he says, from what he sees, he's all about development. He's big on one-on-one teaching too. So that just kind of confirms why they hired him in the first place for the Wolfpack. So I'm saying to myself. You know, granted, he may not be an NHL coach, but like you mentioned, John Cooper coming up from the ranks, granted, it's only been one season, but who better to bring up, and it's just a thought, 
you know, we could bring in someone else and still have him as an assistant, which is fine because he still knows the players. Um, but who who better to bring up than someone who's already worked with the majority of a lot of the people that are coming through the system, you know? Now, not to say that bringing in someone from the outside will hurt, but it's it, it's it, when you put two and two together to try and put long-term success for this team, it, it kind of makes sense in some aspects. I agree with you because who better – I agree with every point you made because – McCambridge has worked with Heedle. He's worked with Anderson, who are the two key cogs in our system right now. Uh, you know, the guy seems to be really well respected, even after just one season behind the bench of the Hartford Wolfpack. Um, you can tell when you see them that they're really well coached. I had the, I was fortunate enough to see the Wolfpack play live this year against Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, you can tell the team has a really solid system put in place. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to McCambridge having a place on the staff. Um, but my one thing, the one counterpoint I would say to that is he's doing so well down there. Let him kind of stew a little bit more yeah. down there. Let him work a little more with the guys down there. And then maybe a season or two into this, bring him up as an assistant. I think that would be really, really good since he knows the guy's tendencies. Uh, but, you know, tweet at us. Let us know who you think will be the best choice for Rangers head, the next head coach. Uh, any of these ball, any of these, College guys, maybe McCambridge also. Not to be missed, Sheldon Keith, head coach of the Toronto Marlies, has been heavily rumored already. Amazing guy. Uh, apparently, one of the things I was reading on Twitter about him is that he tells his young guys to forget everything they know about dump and chase and immediately builds up their possession game from the second he takes over, which is something that I feel like <laughs> would really benefit this team. Uh, I in love the long it. Run, I, mean. I absolutely love it. I love, I love it. it that, that, <laughs> oh, man, that's – that. Oh, man, you don't understand. That is incredibly <laughs> refreshing to hear. I did not know that. Hearing that now is just, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool to hear because, like, AV system, all about the stretch pass and just getting it in. This dude uh, preaches possession, which is what you need in the league today. You, you can't do mm-hmm. anything if you don't have the puck. You need the puck to score. You need the puck to make plays. You, and if you have the puck, the other team doesn't have the puck. The more time Absolutely. you have the puck is more time that you can you have to win the game. So Sheldon Keith would be a great pick. He's actually my my choice if I if you if I had to pick one right now. If they could hire anyone, it would be Sheldon Keith to lead this team. Also, one last guy not to be forgotten is Marco Sturm, who many of you remember, former ah. player, but now the coach of the German national team. He brought a ragtag German squad all the way to the gold medal game at the Olympics. Uh That's fantastic coach. Yeah, I I think so too. I heard that one on Twitter. I was really surprised, but it, wow. it could definitely work. So be on the lookout for the new coach. I would think by the entry draft. So this new coach could have a say in which player he would want the Rangers to pick, which leads Michael us Sam. Wow. into our next topic of discussion. That is tomorrow is the NHL mm. draft. Now, in previous years, the Rangers would be fighting right now in the second round of the playoffs, but circumstances being what they are and this year being what it is, we are all focused on the draft lottery tomorrow. We have a 6% chance to win the draft lottery tomorrow based on the NHL's odds. Not very high, but thank you, Edmonton Oilers, for jumping us on the last day of the season to get our odds a little higher. Appreciate that. Best thing you guys have done all season. So, sorry, Conor McDavid. You guys really underperformed this year. Um, So, I mean, depending on where the ping pong balls fall tomorrow, knock on wood here, if the Rangers somehow sneak into that number one spot. And believe me, I've heard all your theories out on Twitter. I've heard everything, everyone, how it's going to be like Patrick Ewing's situation with the Knicks, and there's going to be the frozen envelope and blah, 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 and all this stuff. Look, I love nothing more then, like, it's terrible to say. But, I mean, I mean, if if the league somehow wanted to rig this in favor of the Rangers, I mean, I really – I wouldn't be too upset. I don't know. I don't think jail is accurate to us would be upset either. <laughs> we sound like Penguins fans now saying that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Penguins fans, we know. We all know. Yeah, we get it. We know. Yeah, we Declare figured. bankruptcy, get three picks in the top two, three years straight. We know, Penguins fans. We know. <laughs> So go. I mean, look. If if they get the first overall pick, everyone go to the NHL store this Saturday. Get your Rasmus Dahlin jersey. That's all I have to say. Like, there's there's no chance you you don't pick someone like that if they get the first overall pick. 
Um, recently had the draft analyst on the show, Steve Cornianos, and he said that there is a pr- that there, in some scouts' minds it's a 1A, 1B with Dalin and Svechnikov, but I ultimately think the Rangers will probably go with Dalin to lead the decor for the foreseeable future. And if scouts are correct, that guy, he's going to be better than Eric Carlson, which would put it, would, would make him the best wow. mover in the last decade. So I don't think you can wow. pass someone like that up, even for the upside of Andrei Svechnikov. Uh, second not. overall pick. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely not. You can't pass that up. Uh, and before I ramble, uh, let's get to JL here for a minute. JL, do you think that it is so cut and dry for the Rangers if they win the lottery, it's Darlene all the way? Oh, absolutely. Uh, and it, I, I, I think that one of the pro- one of the problems the Rangers have right now is obviously is defense. And, you know, unless they, you know, unless, barring, you know, a miracle, you know, and they end up winning the lottery, that's going to be one of the things that they're going to have to focus on is, you know, defense. But if they do end up getting the first overall pick, they have to go with Darlene. I mean, I, you know, the only, the only thing is he's young. So, Coming to a, a, a team like New York, uh, especially with the way the fan base is, because although the Rangers may not be quote unquote popular in New York, I, Ranger fans were the most uh, one of the one of the most educated fan bases you know in the league. We're tooting our own horn here, but um, <laughs> you know when, when it, if you're it's New York regardless. So I think if they get Darlene, it's a no brainer. But he will have some. Um, he will have some growing pains, of course, because defense it takes the defenseman a little more to um, develop than you know forwards. But uh, theoretically, if the Rangers were to get him, that's it's a no-brainer. You have to the kid. The kid is phenomenal, and if they're saying he's going to be better than uh, Carlson and Hedman, look at those two guys. The Rangers would kill to have any of those guys on their team right now. Shoot, they could have Carlson too if they decide to pony up, but. Mm-hmm. You you have to go with Darlene. You'd have to if they get the first. You have to. It's it's a no brainer. He could be something special for this team, and he could be the guy that the Rangers could be looking for in terms of a quote unquote superstar. Yeah, uh, and that goes along with saying that goes along with Jim Jim Dolan's recent comments about that they've identified mm-hmm. guys as potential game breakers. Look, make no mistake, the Rangers have had conversations with Rasmus Dahlin this year, as has most of these lottery teams or teams that knew they were out of it. They've talked to him. And you can be sure that they have identified this kid as being the the best defenseman to play on Broadway since Brian Leach. Mm-hmm. This, this is not a normal prospect by any means. Everyone was drooling over Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews the past few years. For those that really haven't seen this kid play, honestly, hit the pause button. If you're in the car, don't hit the pause button. Keep listening and do it when you get to work. But hit the pause button. Go on YouTube and just look up what this kid can do. Any like any highlight video will do here, but oh, look up what he can do. Like it, 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 yeah, it's 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 phenomenal. Oh. The skating, oh. the hands, the vision, like it's ev- everything. Like this kid, what Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews are to, to centers, this is what this is the kid for defense. I haven't seen mm-hmm. a defense prospect like this in all like in all of my time watching the NHL, which is about a decade and a half now. I haven't seen a guy like that is like a defenseman that can change things like this guy can he get mm-hmm. people talk about the Rangers not having a guy that can take over games this guy can take over games man yes he can oh yeah and I think he's he's super young I think I don't even I don't know if, I'm not sure even if he's 18 yet but he will be by the draft um mm-hmm. I I mean look that that will be the guy to build around moving forward if if somehow we get into that spot, then our rebuild accelerates by a long shot. Look at Absolutely. what Nico Kiescher did for the New Jersey Devils. Look at what Austin Matthews did for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and look what Connor McDavid did for the Edmonton Oilers. Besides this year, we'll forget mm-hmm. about this year again, Connor. I'm sorry again, buddy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but one player can help the franchise turn it all around. Except for seemingly in Buffalo, where Jack Eichel is just scoring 40 goals and they still can't figure it out. But that's a story for yeah, a well, time. Well, that's just because they, you know, they just they can't they can't build a team to save their lives. Yeah, which is absolutely <laughs> insane. Know. But yeah, you know, look what if, if make no mistake, if the Rangers we hear tomorrow that they snuck in and grabbed the number one pick, it's a pretty safe bet to go and get your Rasmus Dahlin jerseys ready because I don't see them passing that up. 
As for two and three, look, if the Rangers get into any of these top three spots, I want it to be known that they will get a franchise player. Maybe not as good as Rasmus Dahlin, two or three, but you're still basically put it this way. They get number one pick, you get a generational defenseman. You get number two or three, you basically get a Patrick Line type player. That's what's going on here. Uh, Andrei mm-hmm. Sovechnikov has been described as Ovechkin light by the draft analyst. He's been described as a kid who is a 40-goal scorer who could hit 50 and possibly 60 one day. And Philip Zadina is probably the best all-around forward in the draft. Uh, amazing skater, great size, great hands. Both of those guys have the complete package. Uh, and I honestly think the Rangers may sway towards Zadina if they have the second or third pick because he's played with Philip Hedl quite a bit the past few years. Mm. They form the same line uh, nationally for the Czech Republic. Uh so I could definitely see them swaying toward it just because that's inherent chemistry already. Um, but that's up to the scouts to determine if he would be close enough to Svechnikov to warrant a uh, earlier pick. So, Jail, what do you think about those two? Because they've been hyped up as well a lot recently. Well, again, you know, now that we're now that we're off of the uh, theoretical speaking of the high of Rasmus Dahlin. Um, <laughs> I I really like what I see in Zadina and and Svechnikov. You mentioned Svechnikov is pretty much uh, Ovechkin light. Uh, he led all scores at the Five Nations tournament. He's put up points with the Colts. I think he had 38 and 22 games since he came back from World Juniors. Oh, That's yeah. pretty good. And 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 Zadina, I was just looking at some footage of him. That kid could shoot the puck. My goodness. Uh, I think he plays for Halifax, if I'm correct. That kid could shoot. Mm-hmm. Halifax Moose Heads, yep. He, I mean, wow. <laughs> I mean, it, it just it just blew me away on how good both of these guys are, really. And 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 to make to make matters better is they're big. I mean, in terms of height, you know, Zadina six foot one, Zvechnikov is six foot two, and. If there's one thing that the Rangers have lacked over the years outside of Rick Nash, and I'm going to use quote-unquote for size with Rick Nash, is skilled forwards who are big, uh, who at least can have some size. Now, I know 6'1", 6'2", is not that big, quote-unquote, but it's still bigger than most, especially if they decide to put on uh, some kind of weight and they add to their talent. Um, The Rangers have never had over the last the only other forward I can honestly say over the last few years that's been able to score on Will is Gavrick. But even mm-hmm. then he was on and off. So I think if either Zadina or Zvechnikov come in and, and they fit into the system and whatever and they decide to have their size come through and just start scoring at a pace, there that's great. I'll take it. I'll take it. I like Zadina a little more than Svechnikov, but I think both of them would be uh, – it's one of those things where either or I'll take because I think at the end of the day, if we don't get Rasmus Dahlin, I think both of those guys can end up being anchors. And I think uh, when it comes to building chemistry with all the other young guys, I think they'll, they'll, they'll fit right in. I really, I really, I really hope that – they can get themselves a high pick because that's one thing that the Rangers need the most is they need a forward who has some size and can score. And if that's the case, then we can throw in everybody else, maybe get one more guy, <coughs> Kovalchuk. <coughs> and, you know, may, maybe it might not, the rebuild may not be so uh, painful because they might actually make the playoffs next year. You know, yeah, so they yeah, one of the, either or of these guys, I think they'll be fine. I, and I like both of them. I think Zadina is a fantastic sniper, and I think Svechnikov it does fit your 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 description very accurately when you say Ovechkin 2.0. Um, and a line A light, I'll take it because you know what? <laughs> I mean, at this point, that's what this team needs. Yeah, and this team, look, as as bright as the future is, having a game breaking forward like one of those two or a talent like Rasmus Dahlin is, you know, it's arguably, the, like JL said, we haven't had a guy that could put the puck in that like Gabrick, or, you know, you can even go farther back and say Yarmir Yager was the last really scary mm-hmm. player we had in his prime. And, um, you know, as I sit here drinking my morning coffee here, thinking about all this, um, 
you know, it's it's something that I've advocated for a few years now, personally on the site, um, personally just talking with friends, and I I feel like a lot of people are starting to feel this that the NHL is a very superstar oriented league. Like people say it's not, but it is. Uh, not to the extent maybe that the NBA is or the MLB can be, or even the NFL, because, you know, the NHL, I feel, is out of all of those, out of the four major sports leagues in our nation, um, I feel like it is the most team-oriented. Uh, and an mm-hmm. example I can give of this is NBA. You can look – a guy like LeBron James, if you have him, uh, you can almost say from the beginning of the season you're making the NBA Finals. Um, mm-hmm. In the NFL, I mean, look, you got Brady and, you, you know – the Patriots are almost a lock every year to make the Super Bowl, um, which is unfortunate. But shout out to my New York Giants yeah. for picking Saquon Barkley last night. <laughs> We're taking it very soon, by the way. So let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, that, that, let's, not if, that, let's just make sure the Jets don't get in the way first. Sam Darnold. Oh, oh wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe at the end we'll talk a tiny bit of football, but we'll stay on track yeah. right now. But um, uh, point being – uh, and then, you know, with uh, the MLB, if you get a few really good guys together, you could go all the way to the World Series. Uh, it's not – of course, they're teams. I'm not saying that, you know, it's obviously not individuals, but it's so much more unpredictable in the NHL when you have, like – put it this way. If you have a team with Crosby and Malkin, for years the Penguins couldn't figure it out after their first cup one, and now they seemingly have after finding the right parts. And it's funny because the right parts are guys like Carl Hagelin, Brian Russ, and, yes, Phil Kessel as well – but a lot of these guys who are just – they're kind of rollish players, but they work because they fit in the pieces of the puzzle. But ultimately, you need those two superstars because I feel like the Rangers have a lot of the puzzle pieces, but they don't have that centerpiece. Oh, and that's what they're missing. And that's what they've been missing and, for a while now. Mm-hmm. And, and to, add, to add to that, you know, you look at the Ranger teams from the last couple of seasons. You know, you look at the way that they were built, you know. Um, their sustained their sustained success was not only because of talent, but because they had an incredible work ethic. They weren't the most quote unquote talented team, but they were arguably very good in their own zone. That that was the big reason why those teams were so good from twenty uh, twenty ten to uh, twenty uh, to last year. Uh, they were always solid in their own zone for the most part, you know. And then Vigneault came in and added a little more offensive flair to it, which to his credit, you know. They, they were able to capitalize on that. But if you look at teams like uh, like a Nashville, um, you look at teams like uh, Toronto, you look at teams, you know, you, look, you, just, you just look at the way that they're built. They have that one guy, Lining. You have Ovechkin, quote-unquote. He's kind of falling off a little bit now. But um, you have, uh, you know, Crosby, Malkin, you know, all these teams, they have that guy that's like, wow, he can score. Over the years, the Rangers never really had that, but they were always still able to win games. But now it's getting to the point where all that is starting to catch up to them. You can't build a team full of role players anymore. You even look at, you know, I think the only exception is Vegas, but that's just because they're, again, playing strong defense and they're falling into the system. But they have James Neal. The Rangers never really had a James yeah, exactly. Yeah. J- James Neal is still a guy that could score a lot of goals. You know, he may be a little older, but James Neal can score. Like uh, yeah. he scored a goal the other. He scored a goal last night. Uh, I think they were on the power play, and he just came and took it in front of the net and shot it uh, low blocker, not low blocker side, low pad side, and popped it in. And and no one knew what to do with him. Rangers haven't really had that guy. They were just able to outplay you. Now mm-hmm. it's catching up to them. Or this, this, the way the league is turning to, it's starting to catch up to them, and now they have to, you know, they, they, they need to really start building up and getting someone who can, you know, make a difference. Yeah, and hey, everyone, I please tomorrow is the draft lottery. Keep tabs on it because tomorrow determines how fast or maybe a little slowly that this rebuild is going to go. Okay, mm-hmm. so top three, we're getting a franchise-type player. If we're lucky enough to get the first pick, we get a generational talent for New York. Um, Look, I'd love to believe, once again, knock on wood, I'd love to believe all you guys out there that are in this conspiracy rumor mill saying that, you know, 
Batman doesn't want the team to be bad and all this stuff, then, hey, it'll be great. But we will definitely see tomorrow with, um, you know, who will exactly, um, you know, get that first overall selection. Because, honestly, it very well could be one of those bottom three teams. And then our conversation changes completely in a few weeks Uh with who to go for. But, um, for argument's sake, if the Rangers don't move up and they stick around where they're supposed to be, around the 8 to eight to 10 area, if they fall back, maybe, hopefully not, maybe they stay where they are. I mean, there's still going to be really quality players in this draft. Uh, make no mistake about it, the Rangers picked a really good draft to decide to start the rebuild in uh, because uh-huh. I've been hearing from a lot of people, especially reading rankings all year, talking to Steve, talking to different guys that – this draft is a very, very stacked draft. We're talking even at pick 25, you're going to get a really good player here and maybe even below. So it's not the end of the world if we don't win the lottery. Uh, I'll be a little, I mean, or move into the top three. Look, it's, it would be a little sad, yes, but there's still some quality, quality players available in this draft, including a gluttonous amount of puck-moving defensemen that are going to be available. Guys like Noah Dobson and Bodie Wild and um, Evan Bouchard, uh, Keandre Miller, and in terms of forwards, guys like Oliver Wallstrom from the USNTDP, Joel Farabee, who's been described as an assassin on skates, um, Gregory Denisenko, there are options out there. So don't think it's the end mm-hmm. of the world if we don't win tomorrow. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was taking a look at uh, some of the uh, names, and one of the ones that stood out to me was uh, Evan Bouchard. Now, at first glance, I wasn't too impressed. Then again, I'm not a scout, so, you know, what does my opinion matter? <laughs> but um, <clears throat> but uh, after I kept uh, looking, you know, he strikes me as a very, very solid two-way D in his own zone. You know, it, it was kind of the same way that I was talking about Igor Rykov was I had to take a really long look at him in order to make sure that I knew that this, this kid would be pretty good. And I think if Bouchard falls into the Rangers' lap, then I think that would be a, a solid pick. I don't want to say consolation because that's just not fair to the guys that are being drafted because, you know, mm-hmm. all, like you said, this team is just this, – this draft is just full of just incredible talent. And mm-hmm. another one that um, I'm taking a look at here or that I was looking at is Oliver Wallstrom, who is with the U.S. and TDP. Uh, I'm reading here that he had eight points at the Five Nations tourney um, and uh, he's just he's killing it on the uh, the under eighteen top line. So, you know, you know, we'll, we we like to live in uh, we like to live in our our, our 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 little worlds where you know everything goes according to plan and you know cross our fingers. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know, no, I I have to agree with you on that. This 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 draft is very deep, and it also helps the Rangers have three of these picks in the first round. Oh, <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Jersey. Thanks, Boston. Thanks, Tampa. You know, <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I I hope that whatever or whomever they pick, which I'm looking at a mock draft here, and it says that uh, the Rangers get uh, Oliver Wallstrom at eight. They get Alexander Alexeyev. Alexeyev, if I'm saying that correctly, at 28, yep. and then Ryan Merkley at 29. So, I mean, hey. Those aren't three bad picks. It just all depends if they pan out. But the fact that they have three first-round picks in a very deep draft just sets this team up for good things over the next couple Oh, gr- great things going forward. And also, um, I want to point this out, too. Uh, Oliver Wallstrom at eight, for those of you who don't know, this this is a kid who can flat-out score the puck, too. He's amazing talent. Him or Joel Therabee at eight would be absolutely fantastic. Um, even if they want to go puck-moving defenseman, a guy like Bodie Wild has been described as a guy who could be the next P.K. Subban. So there's 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 hope here, and especially down at the bottom of the draft, even with Boston and Tampa, good news, one of them is losing this round, so one of those picks will be higher this year. Um, mm-hmm. But even down there, guys like Keandre Miller, guys like you know Ryan Merkley, who uh, at one time was considered a top-five pick in this draft, um, if the Rangers get him and he locks down the defensive side, since he is a defenseman of his game, that's a steal at like 29. Mm-hmm. That's a steal. Absolutely. Uh, because the kid is another, he's a defenseman, but he's to steal a term from Joel Farabee, 
Ryan Merkley's an assassin on the defensive side of things with his offensive instincts. So it's all about perspective here. They're, believe me, they're, the Rangers can do it. There's a lot of solid talent here, and I do believe that they will be fine. Um, also, uh-huh. not to be overlooked here, I, it's, it's a little outside the box considering what the Rangers have drafted uh, last year in, in Heedle and Anderson, who were both centers. But the top-ranked center in this draft is a man named Joe Valeno. He was one of the few, I mean, five or six only people, I believe, in history to be granted exceptional status to play in the CHL, which is the junior, the compilation of all the junior leagues in uh, Canada. And he has been playing since he was 15 in juniors, and he is finally up for the draft. And, you know, he's been okay during his career. He's been good. He's been a solid, solid player. But after he got traded from the, I believe it was the St. John Sea Dogs he was previously on, and he got traded to the... Drummondville Voltigeurs, he was putting up ridiculous numbers when he was just surrounded by a little more talent. And I don't know if the Rangers will pick another center, but if they do, uh, he's, he's out there. And people think he could fall. So you never know. There's, there's a lot of really good options for the team to have out there. And, you know, I love talking draft picks. I love talking future. Uh, so this was cool. And, uh, you know, let us know what you guys think. Tweet at us once again. Who should they pick? And, you know, we're going to be talking about this a lot come, uh, you know, mm. once the, the, the lottery is over because this conversation tomorrow come, goes in one or two directions. We're talking about, like I said before, generational talent or franchise player, or we're talking about who we can get from, like, picks 8 through 30 since we got three in those ranges. So we will definitely see mm-hmm. what goes on tomorrow. And to wrap up today, um, you know, we talked about a lot today. It was nice. I loved having JL on the show. Thank you for joining us, JL, today. Appreciate yeah, it. Man. No problem, man. Yeah, no it was problem. awesome. I, I enjoyed so, it. I love talking Rangers hockey, man. Shoot. Yeah, dude, we got to have you back on more, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> so before we go, I promised a little bit, we're going to talk a tiny, tiny bit of football. And th- we uh. rarely do this. We rarely do this on Tilted Ice because we are primarily a hockey and Rangers-based podcast, but I'm a New York Giants uh, fan. I'm pretty sure JL is a New York Jets fan from his posts that I've seen on Facebook. So, Yep. So, two and three last night. The two New York teams going with two and three, which ironically could actually happen tomorrow night if the Rangers and Islanders lottery balls fall the right way, which would be absolutely crazy. But, um, I know. Uh, you know, my New York Giants, those of you Giants fans out there, we got a – what has been called a once-in-a-generation kind of running back last night in Saquon Barkley from Penn State. So this dude looks like the real deal. We haven't had a run game since Ahmad Bradshaw and Brandon Jacobs were tandem here. And, look, everyone, I understand the fans that are calling for the O-line help. I get it. I completely understand you. But now we have an actual threat from the back end, which we haven't in a while, from the backfield. And I can't wait to see Barkley start running over people next year because it is going to be something awesome to see. So to my big blue fans out there, we got a good one last night. We'll get O-line help. Don't you worry. And I'll let JL talk to all the Jets fans who are still somehow mad that they got a franchise quarterback in Sam Darnold. <laughs> Let's check in with Jets Nation real quick and kind of talk to them all. You know, see how they're doing. Well, well, you can't ever really please Jet fans fully, no matter what happens. <laughs> you know, it's always it's always something. Now, originally, I when they picked him, uh, you know, it's been rumored for months now. He was actually supposed to be in the last draft, but he declared or he decided to declare this year rather than last year. So, you know, okay, it's fine. We'll we'll suffer with Josh McCown for another season. Um, but. Dar- Darnold, I, I'm uh, I- I'm starting to warm up to it a little bit. My only thing is, you know, I have trust issues when it comes to uh, quarterbacks from USC. Um, but from what I see and from what I'm reading is that he seems like he's very good with uh, in the pocket. He's not going to scramble out of it, you know, out of the pocket the whole time. But it seems like he's very good when he drops back, and he seems like he's incredibly accurate with a good arm, which is fine because. You know, that's something the Jets have needed since, I don't know, Chad Pennington. So we're talking what, going on maybe nine years or so of not having a quarterback that can actually do something. The only time they actually had a quarterback that can actually do something was Brett Favre, and that was just because, you know, that was a, that was a spur-of-the-moment thing. But uh, I hope – I mean, I'm not too th- – I'm, I'm not upset, but I'm not 
jumping out of my seat just yet because, you know, I would like to see how he pans out. But I like I, overall, I like the pick. You know, I originally a lot of Jeff fans will hate me to say this, but I was just curious to see if uh, Baker Mayfield would have dropped down to number uh, number three that they would pick him. But you know, Cleveland apparently likes to blow up their team every year and likes to go on sixteen every year. So hey, why not? Um, but the only problem with him is that uh, Darnold is kind of a turnover machine. From what I see, uh, he had played fourteen games last year and he threw thirteen interceptions and he fumbled uh, twelve times. So just exactly what I like to hear. Quarterbacks who like to turn it over and fumble, especially certain USC quarterbacks that like to fumble the ball in certain situations when it comes to planting your face in someone's derriere. So who knows? Who knows? I, I hope it works out. He seems like he's good, uh, but you can never please Jet fans until something actually happens because draft picks don't exactly work out for us. <laughs> Vernon Golston. So. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look. Uh, football is always a crazy topic of discussion with New York fans. Everyone is always on one one side of the argument or the other here, but it it's nice mm-hmm. to see, honestly, uh, Giants and Jets fans. We both got some really good, interesting picks out of the draft last oh, night. Yeah. Um, you know, it's going to be really cool to see Saquon tearing it up from the backfield next year, and it's going to be really cool also that, you know, I'm not one of these Giants fans that always wants the Jets to fail. It's only better for New York sports in general when both teams are good. Of course. So, Same here. Um, look, if Darnold works out and the Jets have a franchise quarterback, yo, good for them. Like they've been, that's the, that, I feel like that's the one thing the Jets have been missing for a long time, like a, a legit dude to throw the ball. So look, good for them. Mm-hmm. All works out for the yeah. Jets. You got, and then you look, it, it only makes the rivalry better. It only makes fans go crazier. So, you know, you can't really be too upset with either direction here. And if, honestly, mm-hmm. for the Giants fans that are mad about Barkley, I know some of you guys wanted Josh Allen, Josh Rosen. But, look, I feel like it's the same thing with the Rangers here. You go best available. Best mm-hmm. available. That's and right. And in, in the Giants' case, and in most draft analysts' case last night, Saquon Barkley could have been the number one pick if the Browns had a quarterback already. But they needed one. Mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley was regarded by many as the best talent in this draft, and the Giants got him at number two. So, look, they know what they're doing. They're going to roll with Eli. If Eli actually has some protection, I really think they can make another run before his contract is up. So, we will definitely see. So, mm-hmm. so remember, everyone, keep your eyes and ears tuned to the draft lottery tomorrow. They're doing it in some weird way this year where they're announcing the number one and top three picks like halfway through the San Jose and Vegas game. I don't know, man. Bettman does some weird stuff. But <laughs> just, just keep your eyes and ears tuned. And we're, be sure to follow us tomorrow. We're going to have updates for it. Uh, we're definitely, as soon as the Rangers pick is announced, we'll have it up. We'll have analysis. We'll be talking about it. Um, and one last time, I'd like to thank Zach for joining me. I'd like to thank John Luke for joining me, who, by the way, he's probably going to kill me for this one. But let's say, uh, oh, no. I know uh, where you're going with this. Oh, uh, good grief. <laughs> if, you guys are on, if you guys are familiar with YouTube, you guys should look up uh, the late program, John Luke Shapiro. <laughs> For some quality entertainment because he's pretty funny. Oh, oh stop. Oh, good grief. Oh. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, but now I'm sweating in the I'm sweating in a pool of anxiety now. Oh man. Oh man. I had to do it. I had to do it. I had to let you guys know. Hey, watch it if you'd like. You roast me yeah, on Twitter like, honestly, if you feel like it. In all seriousness, it's really funny stuff. You guys, if you guys are in, if you guys are uh, want to watch some late night comedy, it's pretty good, dude. And his musical guests are actually pretty cool. I've watched it, and you know he gets me through my overnight shifts these days with some of his old episodes. So it's funny. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll, have, we'll have to get you on the show, Russ. Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. I'd love to. <laughs> so JL, thank you so much for joining me today, man. We'll have you on again very soon. Probably the next, probably even the next podcast. We had a good time today, man. Sure, man. Let me know. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, buddy. And everyone, remember, draft lottery tomorrow. Big big moment in Rangers history tomorrow. Let's see what happens. Have a good day, everyone. We'll talk to you guys soon, probably at the end of the second round. Enjoy the NHL playoffs. And as always, let's go Rangers, baby. Thanks for listening. You can listen to this episode and more on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher. You can also listen to us on Blog Talk Radio, as well as SoundCloud. Visit us on foreverblueshirts.com. You can also read us on Yard Barker, as well as Apple News. 
Get to Old Navy now for February's biggest style steal. 40% off all jeans and tees. Jeans start at just 18 bucks for adults, 12 bucks for kids. With tees from just 7 bucks for adults, 6 bucks for kids. All jeans and tees are on sale, even your favorite rock star jeans. All jeans and all tees are 40% off right now. Don't miss out. Run into Old Navy and OldNavy.com today. Valid 211 to 221 excludes in-store clearance jeans and tees. Active licensed and men's package tees. Get to Old Navy now for February's biggest style steal. 40% off all jeans and tees. Jeans start at just 18 bucks for adults, 12 bucks for kids. With tees from just 7 bucks for adults, 6 bucks for kids. All jeans and tees are on sale, even your favorite rock star jeans. All jeans and all tees are 40% off right now. Don't miss out. Run into Old Navy and OldNavy.com today. Valid 211 to 221 excludes in-store clearance jeans and tees. Active licensed and men's package tees. The Raiders have moved to Las Vegas, but Raider Nation is worldwide. Hi, Silver and Black Maniacs. I'm Scott Goldbranson, host of Silver and Black Today, the first and only all-Raiders show from the capital of Raider Nation, Las Vegas, Nevada. A-list guests like players and coaches, and the best Raiders talk in the land. Subscribe and listen today if you just want to win, baby. Hey everyone, this is Sharon Waxman. I'm the founder and the editor-in-chief of The Wrap, the premier news source for daily coverage of the entertainment industry. I'm also your host of this new podcast, The Wrap Up, a show that gives you an insider's look at the top stories in Hollywood. Each week, we'll bring you the latest news on the business of movies, TV, streaming, and tech. So be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you each week on The Wrap Up. What's going on? You have John Wanglin, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at is Khabib Namagamadov versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets.